Hello, hi, and welcome to season two of Wellness in the Workplace. My name is Mbali Mziana, and I am your host. If you don't know, or in case you forgot, Wellness in the Workplace is a podcast that aims to equip new and experienced professionals with the tools and insights to navigate challenging workplace dynamics. And we're kicking off season two with a series titled The HR Perspective with Boniwe Dunster. Boniwe is an HR specialist. She is a facilitator facilitator, a coach, as well as the founder of Blue Eagle Human Capital. She is also a returning guest to the podcast, so I'm really excited to be having her for this series. Welcome to Wellness in the Workplace. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for making the time to be here. Um, I'm looking forward to the series that we'll be unpacking over the next five episodes. We'll be talking all things HR related, more specifically along the lines of the employee life cycle so from the time of you know recruitment all the way to the time of termination whether by resignation retrenchment or in the unfortunate case of unfair dismissal so Uboniwe will be our expert in this case pretty much taking us through all these topics but for this specific episode for the launch of this series we are talking about how to job search the right way so we'll be unpacking Packing all things CV writing, cover letters, how to stand out, and what exactly recruiters look for in the process of recruiting candidates for potential roles. So let's get straight into the first question without any further delay. So anyway, we know that the process of job hunting is quite long. And it is tedious. Uh, Whether you're a fresh graduate straight out of university or you're an experienced professional looking to transition into a different role or maybe even pivot into a different industry altogether. In both instances, what are some of the key considerations that one should take before even starting the process of job searching? What's important is self-awareness because that's what's going to guide you into the job market. Being aware in terms of what are your interests, what do you want to achieve, the kind of jobs you are looking for, kind of organizations that you want to work for, the skills that you have, any developmental areas that might hinder you from actually getting that job opportunity and how you can actually counter those developmental areas. So those things are important. You also need to understand what are the different avenues that you need to look at when looking for a job. Do you apply directly? Do you use networking as part of your search method? Mm. Are you going to go through agencies? What industries are actually looking for the skill that you want to offer? So those are some of the things that one has to actually understand before they embark on the process. Okay, okay. So you touched on a point around self-awareness, right? What are some of, I guess, the tools that one can use in order to unlock some of those key interests strengths, weaknesses, etc., that can help them then narrow down what type of role it is that they would want to go into? Sure. I think there is one and which is often free, it's feedback. Mm. Receiving feedback from, from your circle, from your network, whether it be colleagues, whether it be the students that you're studying with, whether it's through professional bodies. So having to receive feedback from people is free. And it is important for you to take that feedback, internalize it, and see elements of authenticity, elements that are true, that are not true. Try to decipher that information and then get to apply yourself into that kind of feedback. And you don't really have to pay for that. But but it's more about being open. Secondly, there are different uh, 
kinds of tests that you can do or assessments that one can do some are free you can do the gallup test you know strength finders mm. you know there's different um, sources that are there that one can utilize to try to understand themselves what they are strong in where their developmental areas are and just having to check between the two if this is the kind of qualification i possess or the kind of skill that i possess are my strengths aligned are my developmental areas a gap that are, is going to hinder me from getting that opportunity? Yes. So others, it's actually also having to get through like mentoring and coaching. You can use that to try to unlock some of the things that are deep-seated within oneself. Yes, yes. And now once you've then uncovered all of these strengths and these interests and potentially then the role that you want to go into, you have to go into the process of putting your CV together. Sure. And that is pretty much the basic and the starting point, right, of having to put yourself out there as a job seeker. What are some of the common mistakes that we see people make when it comes to CV writing? And what would your recommendations then be in terms of rectifying those mistakes? Sure. Some of the mistakes that we pick up uh, when having to look at CVs is that CVs are not well-structured. It's badly written, you know, badly formatted, and mm. that can actually be a hinder to your CV making it through to the next round. First of all, people don't check for spelling mistakes, sure. and you just don't understand what a person is trying to do, both spelling and grammar. So you need, uh, as a recruiter, to try to contextualize what is being said, and sure. that can actually be time-consuming. So if you're under pressure as a HR professional or as a recruiter, you might actually put that CV on the side mm. because you actually you know, need to get through as many as you possibly can. Secondly, you find that important information is missing. For example, someone has a CV only to find that there's nine digits of a telephone number. Oh, goodness. So you don't know where's the one digit is it at the end at the beginning yeah, in the middle yeah. and then you find people have missed opportunities because they have had such mistakes secondly they do not update their cv so they send a cv that they have had in the last two years but you find that in that last two years they have either moved jobs they have acquired a new skill or a new qualification and that is omitted so you actually shooting yourself in the foot mm. because what you have omitted could be that particular one thing that's going to get you invited sure. into into the interview so those are some of the few things and again i think for me the most important one is also how you layer down your experience for example yeah and your qualifications so it's important to put them in chronological order. So what that means is that your most recent or your last job should come at the top. Yeah. Right? Because I need to understand that Mbali is a marketing manager now. Mm. You can't put your marketing intern or your volunteering experience that you did 10 years ago at the top. Mm. If I'm browsing through CVs quickly, I'm thinking this person is too junior for this position. So those are some of the things. Sure. And same applies to qualifications. Your most recent qualification or your highest qualification rather you know, needs to go at the top. So if you have recently graduated in a postgrad, that postgrad should be at the top. And then it should be your undergrad. Then then it should be your high school or your senior certificate. And that's how you need to order some of the detail that goes into your CV. Sure, sure. Uh, would you then recommend any platforms that, you know, uh, potential viewers or listeners could then go on to uh, as a means of trying to get the basics right with their CVs? Because I think for someone uh, who's been in the job market for a, a long time like myself, that's 
seems quite natural sure. and almost obvious. But, you know, to some people, it's, it's completely new. So how else then can they uh, refer to either sites or tools that could help them in the process of just sharpening that skill of CV writing and making sure that they stand out, you know? Social media, you know, social media has actually made the world very small and has cracked down the borders. So when you go on social media, you'll find a lot of people either that are in the human resources or probably purely in recruitment and mm. in talent and in learning and development. And those people are on various platforms, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, mm. people that are sharing as much knowledge as they possibly can to make information easier and accessible. You'll find people saying, I'm not a social media person. I don't like being out there. I don't like putting myself out there. But you also need to understand your why into yes, the social media, right? Yes. You're not there because it's all about like your social life, but you can use social media to empower yourself and to create visibility for yourself in the mm. working space. LinkedIn is the most popular professional site that we find there are others but linkedin is very popular and if you go there you can connect with people that are recruiters mm. people that are sharing tips people that are sharing their experiences you know how they have uh, overcome some of the adversities that they have faced in searching for jobs and those tips as they share mm. they're not sharing for the sake of sharing they are sharing because they are hoping that they could educate one person mm. and educating one person a day is what we need so use social media to your advantage if you're not about you know the social life following social lights and celebrities it's all good and well but you can structure or tailor your profile in a yeah. sense that you get information that's applicable to you and in this instance it's about how to actually uh, get into the workspace how to find a job how to get those tools out there so you can use that to be able to find that information and without having to pay for it definitely definitely but we know then that in the job application process that it is a two-way street right sure. um, both the employer and the employee are gauging and assessing each other to some extent and I believe that from an employer's perspective there is a responsibility um, you know to make job applications a lot more efficient for their prospects uh, for example we're seeing a lot more feedback from job seekers raising their frustrations sure. with having to upload a CV onto a company portal and then still having to enter details manually on that very same portal. How do you then think that employers can make the process of job applications a lot more efficient and productive for job seekers? Sure. That's a difficult one and unfortunately we still find ourselves in that era whereby you have to actually upload your CV and you actually have to manually complete some of the details. Mm. I think it's imperative for employers to also make their lives easier. They need to understand what's easier for us, getting a CV attached or actually having to, you know, insert your information, you know. And it might be easier because when you put your details in, they can just retrieve a report, mm. right? Because there will be questions that you're completing. Do you have a qualification? How many years of experience? And all of those things. So yes. if you put that in a report, it's much easier when you pull it to do the analytics around it and be able to eliminate people that are not suitable for the, for the position. So I think employers, they also need to be intentional and as they're in the process of making their lives easier, they also need to have the candidate in mind. You know, how yes. do we make the candidate experience easier and how do we make it, you know, good so that we actually have good feedback and we are able to attract, you know, and retain candidates within our database. Mm. So those are some of the things that they need to, to understand. But not all companies have evolved 
are, or are evolving rather at the same time. True. Some are very technologically advanced purely because they are global organization and they operate at a global market. Some they are in a small medium enterprise space and their technology is not that much advanced. So they could either be taking CVs, you might need to drop them off, you might need to email, you might need to post. So I think it also depends where you are seeking your employment opportunity because the experience will not be the mm. same because mm. organizations are not evolving at the same time. But it is imperative as an employer, if this is easy for myself, how is it being received by the end customer, if yes. I may put it like that, or a potential employer? Yes. Is what I'm doing good enough for me to attract someone? Because I've been in that space where you apply for a job and the process is so tedious and how for you leave it. Yes. And not that because it's not a suitable role, mm. because the amount that it requires is definitely not worth mm. it. So you need mm. to have the candidate at the back of your mind when putting the systems and processes in place. Yeah. On that note, another point of feedback that we're seeing a lot from job seekers is the issue of cover letters. <laughs> so what is the purpose of a cover sure. letter? And is it really still relevant in today's job market? A cover letter is relevant, but one thing about the cover letter, it's not really necessary or mandatory to submit a cover letter with each and every application that you are making. Okay. So for me, I often advise candidates to say, did the job ad request or require the cover letter? Mm. If they didn't, don't bother because they're not going to read it. But then you get to job ads that say, please attach your CV and your cover letter. Mm. And you find that if you do not attach your cover letter, then your application might be disregarded. So I think for me, follow what the recruiter or the company is asking for to make it easier. If they didn't ask, don't bother. But the importance of the cover letter is that you succinctly and, you know, explain, you know, why you are interested in the job. Because remember, your CV will not have that. Okay. Will, not, will not indicate why you are interested in the okay. job. But the cover letter allows you the opportunity to explain to the recruiter or to the organization why you are interested in this particular job, what difference are you going to make, how your experience supports you getting this opportunity, and how you are going to learn in that job. So it gives you that opportunity to talk to the recruiter or the hiring manager before you get into, mm. the, into the interview room because mm. your CV will not be able to explain that the common mistake that also happens with cover letters is that people take their CVs and then recite it back into their cover letter, which should not really be the case, sure. right? So you can high-level mention, yes, your qualification and your experience, mm. but it's mainly explaining why am I interested in this role, the yeah. difference that I'm going to make, and what I bring into the table and how you can be able to get hold of me. And that's it. It needs to be very short. Sure. Okay. That's very insightful because, to be honest, at some point I did not see the relevance of cover letters because I thought everything that would need to be said is in my CV. Sure. But then knowing exactly what you have to include in a cover letter is what makes the difference here. Exactly. Right? So now, can you imagine going through the process of updating your CV, 
making sure that it's up to standard, writing the cover letter, and then changing the cover letter according to each job that you apply for. That can take a mental and an emotional toll sure. on a job seeker. Mm-hmm. How would you then advise job seekers to mentally and emotionally prepare themselves when they are on the market? Right. First of all, having to apply for a job, it, it is mentally, psychologically, emotionally, and physically all draining. All of it. All of it. You, you name it, you, it, gets, it does really get impacted. Yeah. But it's important for you to always find the courage and the strength to soldier on because the only way that you're going to get that job is for you to be active in the market and be and look because if you stop looking it means that you minimize your opportunities of mm. your resume you know getting it out there in the in the market mm. what i often say to people is that choose days in which you're going to be applying for jobs okay so you don't necessarily have to apply Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. but you can dedicate your Tuesdays and your Thursdays, and you can dedicate two hours a day to actually having to go onto either company websites, either uh, LinkedIn or any other uh, job boards that you actually are, you know, you know that you're gonna get your, you know, suitable roles for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can do mm-hmm. the Tuesdays in which you say, two days a week I dedicate so many hours in terms of job search, and you take breaks in between. It does mm-hmm. get mentally and psychologically. Um, strainers and you know it takes a toll on you and yeah. find times for you to take a break yeah. right so yeah. that you can actually re-energize and if it happens that this week you literally don't have the strength for you to search it's okay yeah right yeah. there is no rule that says if you're looking for a job you need to be on site every day seven days a week for eight hours in a day so be gentle with yourself mm. you know take time to actually energize to recoup and then go back again and i think that's the most important thing that you can do and actually find people that you can also talk to and yeah. share your experience with because we often suffer in silence and when we yep. are being rejected um, a lot of times and we don't get opportunities you sometimes think that it's you, yeah. you know, it's me. But once you start talking to people, you realize that, so, oh, so you've also been rejected. Oh, so you also don't get responses. Oh, so you also get tired, you know. Then you get to realize that mm-hmm. you're not the only one. And mm-hmm. that can somehow help you to say, okay, let me structure myself better. Let me not be despondent, right? Let me keep at it. But just make sure that you set time aside and don't be too hard on yourself yeah. on insisting that you need to do that every yeah. day. Yeah, definitely the note about a support system is very important. Uh, I can't imagine and having to go through that process all by yourself. Um, And then the next question here is around the use of artificial intelligence now in, you know, the CV review and candidate selection process. Because I understand that, you know, technology is advancing um, and and there's certain processes that are being automated. However, I think these processes do um, have a bit of a disadvantage to some extent because they, they are programmed to have a certain bias and then eliminate the possibility of great candidates who might not meet, I guess, the programmed standards of those tools, right? Sure, sure. Um, so how how do we even start navigating around something like that? Because it seems like we have, we've already lost before we even have got an in. Right. And I think I didn't actually complete answering your previous question and I'm yes. going to add to that because yes. you you mentioned earlier about having to adjust your CV every time that you apply for yes, a job. Yes, yes, and that yes. actually takes to this question around artificial intelligence. Mm. So there's something that's called ATS. It's an okay. applic- applicant tracking system. Okay. So 
most organizations, especially big organizations that are technologically advanced, mm -hmm. they use this applicant tracking system to try to help them to manage, you know, bulk or large volumes of applicants. Mm -hmm. Because in all honesty, as a recruiter, you will, will not be able to go through 300 applicants yeah as a recruiter in all fairness yeah so they use this system to be able to eliminate and identify the right people for the particular job and that's why it makes it important that as a candidate when you're applying for a job you alter your cv based on the requirements of that job sure the reason we say that it's because if your cv first goes into that applicant tracking system mm -hmm. it will look for people that have certain skills certain experiences certain number of um, years, you know, in a particular yeah, industry and yeah, so forth. Yeah. And the system is designed in a way that it rejects anything that does not talk sure, to that. Sure. Right? And that's why it's important because if your CV does not mirror the job requirement mm. so that that system is actually going to reject your application. For example, in certain organization, you might say a role is someone is a team leader. Yes. In another organization, it might be a supervisor, if it's in manufacturing, can be a superintendent and all of those things, right? Sure. So if those three organizations, they each have their own tracking system and you are using the same CV with the same words all the time, that might get rejected, right? So you need to marry your CV mm. to what is required so that it can actually pull through into the into the, the system, system right yeah, and yeah. one of the things that often happens with cvs is that you find people they want to design all these beautiful uh, cvs these graphics these formats <laughs> and all of those things which sometimes it's not necessarily the point right the point of a cv it's the it's the content yeah. of the cv yeah. over the design yeah. right I can get a beautifully designed CV, but I might find that this person has nothing to offer. And I might find a just a, a, a CV that's well written, but it's not, you know, well, uh, it's not a beautiful format and stuff yeah. like that. So it's not about that. And one thing about this arti um, artificial intelligence or the ATS is that if your CV has so many graphics, it's going to get rejected. So be careful around sure. what you put into those. If you have so many graphics, if your CV has so many colors, you know, there's colors, there's all of those things that you mm. put in to try to making it fancy. You trying to make your CV fancy might be the reason maybe it's not even pulling through to the next stage. So those are some sure. of the things that you need to guard against. And often I advise people that they should have their CVs either in a Word format or in a PDF format, mm -hmm. one of the two. Mm -hmm. These PowerPoints that we're trying to do and all of those things, they're not really necessarily yeah. what the system will absorb, right? Yeah. Especially if it's not a hand-delivered or maybe an emailed application, right? So it's important for you to have that in a Word format or in a PDF format. However, with most of these tracking systems, they will indicate to you to say, submit your CV in a PDF format. Then I submit it in PDF format. And then another company will say, submit your CV in a Word document, then submit it in a Word document. Mm. Sometimes having to go against the instruction of the system might actually be to your, own, you. You know, yeah. Yeah, to your own detriment. Mm. So those are some of the things that you just need to be, to be careful about. Organizations are also trying to make things easier for themselves. Fair. And hence they put these things in place. But in turn, it might mean that you as, as the candidate, mm. you always need to be on top of your game. Be alert. 
read the instructions in terms of like how I, how do I need to submit my CV, what do I need to include, so that you don't end up including some of the irrelevant things, the experience that's not needed, or some of the things that will not enhance your application. Yeah, yeah. Just on the note about organizations wanting to make things easier for themselves, would it be advisable to reach out to an organization to ask for feedback if they have not, A, given you a response regarding your application or B, they have given you a response but they've rejected and then you're requiring um, feedback uh, with regards to how you can improve your application going forward. Sure. To be honest, I think that is possible in a situation whereby you have been invited or you were invited to an interview, Uh, had the opportunity to present yourself to the organization and you come back... uh, they reject you. And then in that instance, you say, can I get uh, more detail around uh, why I was declined? Mm. Is there anything that I can improve on? Is it possible that I can set up time with the recruiter or the hiring manager to give me feedback? Mm. Uh, That kind of request, it might be possible. However, if you've received 100 applications, for example, and all 100 or 99 people that did not get the job it will be impossible for someone to actually give yeah. back feedback and say, um, your CV was like that, his CV was like that, her CV was like that. It's it it's not it's not practical in mm. all you know in, in all forms and shape. But if you have been to the organization, had your first round of interviews, sat in a panel, then you can yes gladly say, can I get more detailed mm. feedback so that I can understand, so that I can actually be more prepared the next time because I'm still keen in working for this organization or I can do something to improve myself so that I'm better prepared to just join any yeah. other company. So I think that is actually a fair request yeah. and I would encourage organizations to make time to provide such detailed feedback. Mm. But often if you've received thousands of applications, you're only going to get an automated um, response. response. But because you didn't make it to the interview, it's going to be difficult for a recruiter to go through your CV and say, but Mbali, this is where you ran short of your application while there's like 50 odd Mbalis that are also looking for the same yeah. feedback. No, that's fair. That's fair. On the note about interviews, so you've made it through the application stage and you've been called in for an interview. Where does one start with preparing for an interview? Sure. Yeah. The exciting stage because yes. you get excited to so say, you're my CV made through like, you know. I got something right. I got something right for a yeah. change. So when it comes to having to prepare for your interview, it's important for you to understand the job that you're applying for okay. and go through the, you know, the ad that you responded to. You know, mm. this is what I applied for and what exactly am I going to bring. So go prepared with that. And please ask a recruiter or whoever's calling you to set up an interview, can I please get a job spec? Because sometimes you find that the ad is not as detailed as what the job spec would be. So ask for that so that you're in a better position to prepare. Number two, do your research on the company. Mm. You know, do your research on the company. I'm going for an interview to company X. Who is company's X competitor? What services are they providing? Mm. What product are they providing? you know, providing and, you know, what do they aim to do, you know, so that when you respond to the questions, you respond with the organization in mind so that you are able to respond to what their need is and where their gaps are. It helps you to actually uh, put you ahead of the pack. Mm. So that's important. Understand yourself. Self-awareness is very important. So 
also self-awareness is very important understand yourself and who you are what your values are what are the values of that particular organization and how does your career fit in with that particular brand is this a brand that i want to work for and will i achieve you know my career goals from this particular brand mm. and you know so that you you don't find yourself in a situation whereby you feel out of place yeah. right yeah. i'm forced to do something that i do not want to do i'm mm. forced to do something that goes against my belief system and that might be that might be challenging level of preparedness supersedes anything in an interview yeah and as an hr professional we have sat in a number of interviews with line managers and recruiters and so forth you can see if a person did not prepare yeah you can hear with their answers how they show up even the questions that they ask that mm. they didn't even bother going onto the internet to say this is what we do some of the questions that they come back and and ask it's questions that are actually when you go onto the internet and that's the first thing you find you know sure. so that actually does count against you as a candidate but more than anything prepare prepare and prepare sure okay okay just wait hold on um i don't know if i should ask the last two questions if i should skip one hmm. no, so can... let me just see what are some of the common mistakes that job seekers make during the interview phase you kind of answered that interview phase um, I can answer that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I can and answer then that again. I think I'm going to I don't know if I want to leave out the one about great about references and background. No, that's uh, very important. Okay, cool. No, I All can right. be quick with those with those two. Okay, yeah. cool. No, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, cool. So, similar to a question I asked earlier, what are some of the common mistakes that job seekers make during the interview phase and what are some of the recommendations then that you would suggest to correct those mistakes sure as indicated so you need to prepare so that you actually are ready to face the panel uh, one of the common mistakes that they do is that when given the opportunity to ask questions at the end of the interview candidates don't have questions for the panel which might show that you are either not interested sure. uh, because you need to be curious as well you yes. know and if some of your questions have been answered you can actually indicate that i had this particular question but it has been answered mm. but remember an interview is a two-way street as much as you are being interviewed for a job it's an opportunity for you to assess uh, the organization or the line manager that you're going to work for so don't take away that uh, opportunity from from yourself the other one is when you don't understand a question in an interview and you try to answer it and you fumble mm. it's important to say can you please repeat the question mm. can you please paraphrase the question to make sure that i understand if the question is too long is it is it possible that we can break it down in two or three chunks sure. so that i can be able to answer properly so don't be too hard on yourself and expect that you need to be perfect and you need to pretend that you understand something that's not there just clarify i don't understand repeat the question can i just take down some keywords on a piece of paper so that mm. i can be able to answer you are more than able to uh you know to ask for that so a mistake is that people don't think they can and yes you can that's so important because i think a lot of people feel the pressure of coming across as if they know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about sure that even a moment of clarity is missed and then they end up not answering the question at hand yep. so why is it then important to identify great references to vouch for you during the interview phase and what purpose do these really serve in the background checks sure references are important because there are other organizations out there that will not hire candidates that they haven't done background checks on and they would do that because they actually want to validate either your work ethic 
your experience and you know your tenure in that particular organization so that they make an informed decision mm. that's why number two identify people that you know will speak uh, you know the truth about you people that will be able to support the kind of career moves that you want to make and sometimes it does not necessarily have to be your line manager people have worked in toxic environments or in in teams that were not really as you know good for them or that were not mm -hmm. really you know support of what their career aspirations so in that instance you can ask some of your team members or super senior in the organization or your line managers peers or even a stakeholder that you use to provide service to mm -hmm. if i'm in human capital and i'm providing support to a marketing department i can ask that head of marketing to be my reference because they have directly worked with me and if you just give anybody it might be to your detriment because you might not have aligned with that person sure. in terms of why are you seeking for a job the kind of job that you're looking for so they might say anything and everything that comes to mind and that might be to your you know own detriment so you need to be careful who you put out there mm -hmm. and make sure that you align with those people and you keep them informed as you go to interviews to say i went for this interview i'm at this particular stage they might call you please be away sure okay that last part is very important in terms of alignment and then just lastly what are the three main things that you would say from your experience and just generally with recruiters um what are the, what are the three main things that they look for in the job hiring process sure the first one is the willingness to learn mm -hmm. that's the most important thing not always that line managers or recruiters are looking for somebody that is a full package or that is highly experienced sometimes they look for potential and your willingness to learn because they can be able to teach you skills so show up in that way and that can help you secondly it's also your level of self-awareness in terms of what your strengths are what mm -hmm. your developmental areas are and what is it that you are doing to actually improve on those developmental areas or some of your weaknesses that you have the third one its level of preparedness mm -hmm. right that can be a distinguishing factor between you and other candidates mm -hmm. how you show up with your level of preparation is something that people do take keen interest in to say they have had time to prepare so it means they are interested and the questions that they're asking shows you know how they are eager to contribute or to actually come on board so those th three things are very important sure okay and just in closing where can our audience find more of your content and insight and can they work a session with you when it comes to cv writing interviewing and how they can stand out during their job seeking process sure so i'm actually available in most of the social media platforms my name is boniwe danster so on twitter it's under danster underscore boniwe uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, it's Boniwe Danster. And on TikTok, it's also Boniwe Danster. And other than that, you can find me on my uh, company website, which is Blue Eagle Human Capital Practice. And then, yes, I do provide mentoring and coaching and interview um, sessions for people that need to prepare to mm -hmm. get into the interviews. I do that. And with any other advisory services, whether it comes to like labor disputes or HR related stuff, mm -hmm. I do offer services and consultations in that regard. 
Amazing. Boniwa, thank you so much. Uh, that brings us to the end of our first episode of The HR Perspective with Boniwe Dunster. Like I said, this is a five-part series where we will be unpacking all things HR-related in the workplace. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow Wellness in the Workplace on Instagram at wellnessintheworkplace underscore. And obviously, the podcast is available on all major podcast streaming services. My name is Mbalim Zinyane. I'll see you on the next episode. Episode. Bye bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fende Media. Fende Media builds podcasts from the ground up to tell your story. By partnering with individuals and business alike, Fende Media brings you communication to life through podcast services.